0: Got Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Supergirl TV Talk, the podcast devoted to the CBS series Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me is my very famous comic book writer friend, Tim. Hi. I'm, Hi.
1: I've written several comic books. Um, I wrote one when I was four. Wow. It had four panels in it. Did it? It It did. It had a stick figure of my dad, Oh! and then a stick figure of me and my dad, and then a stick figure of, uh, I'm assuming Santa Claus, because he had a little bell at the end of his hat. Interesting. And then it had a full... I thought that you were oh. making this up, but apparently this is a true story. No, it's not. I literally am making oh, this up. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: there was just so much detail that I was I, like, "Wow, he's actually I'm, telling I'm his a true story." I have an excellent
1: truth weaver.
0: Liar, I'll, I'll, liar is know. what you meant to say. <laughs> truth
1: <laughs> weaver, Frank. Truth
0: weaver. Liar. So we have something special. Obviously, we already earlier this week released our episode on on uh, this week's episode of Supergirl, but. We have something special for you today. Indeed, Frank and I um, drew our own comic books, and we're giving them out. Nope, nope, (laughs) Nope. (laughs) nope. That's next week. Oh, yeah. my bad. <laughs> For charity. <laughs> no. Wow. No, no. anything we say after that will not sound as good.
1: <laughs> yeah. charity, charity would reject our books. <laughs> They'd be like, please. Like, please. No. We
0: have standards. Yeah. <laughs> Here at charity, yeah.
1: we have standards. Standard. That's right. <laughs> charity Inc. <laughs> we have standards. Charity like,
0: sounds like 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 mercy... Like you've got Harley Quinn, you've got Mercy Graves, and you've got Charity, Charity. Ink, Max Lords, uh, yes, Max assistant. Lord's
1: sidekick, <laughs> Charity. There you go. How ironic! Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, but we 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 have something very special planned that I guarantee is probably in the title of this episode. So yeah, you probably already yeah, know it. Yeah. So what is it? <laughs> I don't know what the title
0: is uh, well it's our it's our interview with Sterling Gates our second interview with Sterling ah, Gates our second annual interview with Sterling yes, Gates. Yes our it's Sterling Gates annual number two That's right yeah um, he is he, and actually now we can call it annual mm-hmm. because only after the second one can you really call it that That's right uh, but yeah we, we spoke to him last year around this time uh, and then uh, again here we are again talking to him uh, once again and, and and very very happy to be talking to him again. great guy you know last time we talked to him we talked about his old run on Supergirl. Um, back in 08 through 2010, 2011, uh, 2011. You're right, right. And soon as was 09 through 2011, mm-hmm. and now he's writing the Supergirl companion comic, Adventures of Supergirl, that goes along with the show. So we had to have him on again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've read the first four issues, and and we're really happy to talk to him about it. So, um, in our half an hour interview turned to over an hour, oh, way so, over an hour. Yeah, so there was, you go. It was, That's great. How it, was works. it was an excellent conversation. Yeah.
1: Um, he's great. You know, we were saying that you could really. He's an excellent conversationalist because you can just oh, put the microphone in front of him and be like, how are you? And and, and, he's, and he's good. He's got so many thoughts. He's so great to listen he's to. He's so great to think. He's got great stories. He has great insight into... Into not just Supergirl, but into into the comic industry and what makes what makes creators work and tick and what works for readers and how things thrive. And it's a really interesting conversation, particularly if you're interested in more than just Supergirl, you're interested in how, how these things work and why these characters are so valuable and important to people and into society
0: on a larger scale. That's was a great interview. It Yeah, it was. Before before we get into it, I want to say a special thank you um, to our sponsors who made this possible and, and help us do these things um, every week. Uh, and that's Supergirl.tv, who who uh, really, really support us. And um, they are the great, great source of Supergirl uh, news and uh, updates and spoilers and photos and videos and, and, and recaps and all these great resources for fans of Supergirl. Um, it's made by fans for fans. It is absolutely uh the one place you can go and see everything there is to to see on on Supergirl. I mean, this past week they were at Paley Fest. They were there in the room live tweeting and then and then posting photos. They got photos of with, with the cast um, afterwards and and you can see all of that stuff right there on Supergirl.tv. Check it out. We love it. Uh, and you guys should check it out, too. Uh, and follow on Twitter at TV site to get all those updates uh, on, on social media um, as they happen. So thank you, Supergirl.TV, for sponsoring this special episode of Supergirl TV Talk. Tim, do you have any other... Final things before we launch into this interview? Yeah,
1: um, right now you just said who uh, ah and, and that just made me go Hoo-ah, Hoo-ah. And that's just... There you go. You did a little Al Pacino unintentionally. That's what I and do. And I was giggling the whole way. No, it's very day. intentional. Um, it's was very, it's was very was intentional. It was very intentional. Always. All right, well, listen to our intentional questions with Mr. Sterling Gates.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been uh, almost exactly a year in the making. But uh, Mr. Sterling Gates is back on the podcast. Hello, sir!
2: Yay! <laughs> hey, has I, it really been? A, has it been a year? Really? You know, yeah, I'm, I'm looking.
0: Just, uh, I'm looking, uh, and last year it was March 20th, 2015, oh, and oh, we are we are at March 14th, Pi Day,
2: almost the year of the day, almost geez. the year of
0: the day. Wow! Yeah. So, welcome back.
2: Well, I, I hope we're all a, a, a year wiser and a year older and a year. Hotter, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I I'm hope definitely two well. or
1: three of those things, but yeah, I'm not going to tell you which ones. Since you mention it,
0: <laughs>
2: uh, I hope you guys had a good year, and and you know, let, I'm glad that a lot's happened. Like a lot's clearly a lot's happened. Sure has, this,
0: man. Supergirl world uh, in the last year, so yeah, and all good things, all good things. Uh, a year ago, we were we were asking, hey, remember when you used to write Supergirl comics? What was that like? That was cool. And now we're all like, hey, remember how you write Supergirl comics again? And what's that like? Let's. let's yeah. talk about that
2: <laughs> I knew by the way when when you got when Did we you? talked about I knew I, we were going to do this book. Yeah, oh, like, man. I, it, it it has been a secret to to hold for a long time. Ooh, um, you're
1: a good secret keeper. You like, are. Remind me yeah. if like Lord Voldemort comes after me or anything else, you might be my secret keeper. Yeah. Just I'm, a, I'm a vault. Uh, yeah, a vault. like
2: <laughs> they um they had already asked me by this point last year uh, if I'd be interested in doing a comic, and then it was a matter of waiting uh, a long, long time to figure out when that comic was going to launch, what it was going to mm-hmm. look like, who was going to do it, but. But um, but yeah, that was a tough conversation because like I was sort of bristling with like, Oh my God, we're going to do a comic again. And like, <laughs> and just waiting to, uh, waiting to, to, announce it. And, and we didn't announce it till God, Fall? uh, De- yeah, yes. December,
1: December, I think. December, yeah. Wow.
2: So nine months I sat on that, that secret nine months. Wow. Um,
1: so d- did they, did they come to you or did you go to them with a pitch?
2: They called me, um, That's they, awesome. they called me while they were shooting the pilot and said, we, we know we're going to do a spinoff book. Would you be interested in writing it? And and uh, it was um, it was a guy, a bunch of guys from DC Editorial and Jeff Johns and I was like sure and he's like sure your answer and Jeff said you're sure your answer is sure and I'm like well of course I want to do it yeah like and he's like okay sure seems a little underwhelming I'm like no of course I want to do it like why wouldn't I want to do it like I, I, obviously I love this character and any chance to to do work you know uh, with that character I, I want to take and he's like okay cool we'll, we'll get it set up and we'll talk soon click. <laughs> uh, (laughs) cool and so from that point on it was just a waiting game of of um and like i saw the pilot at at san diego um people people followed my my misadventures to get into hall h on twitter uh, (laughs) uh, which is really hard like i i really respect people that wait days to get into the hall h stuff because it's like it's surprisingly tough to to get into that, you know. Even like I, I tried pulling strings and didn't get anywhere. So
1: right. yeah, back up for those, for listeners who don't know that story. Would you mind? Would you mind telling? Oh, okay. Mind? Yeah,
2: I, I, I did tw- like San Diego Comic Con last summer. I did twenty four hours of Comic Con, so I took the train down on uh, Saturday morning. I immediately ran from the San Diego train station into the convention uh, and met. Uh, the cast because they were doing a signing and, and Andrew Kreisberg pulled me across the stanchion line and, and introduced me to, to Melissa and, and uh, the cast. They got whisked off. And then I went around and did like comic con stuff. And then at five, I tried I started the process to try to get into Hall H. Uh, and there were people obviously in line for days or yeah. hours, forever. And so I was like, and they cut off the line. every They'd let in, you know, a panel would let out. They'd let in a hundred people and they'd stop the line and then the panel would let out and they'd pull out 100 people and they'd stop the line and the DC TV presentation was I think 7 or 8 o'clock that night Um, and so I'm just like inching closer and closer (laughs) every hour on the hour Uh, and then finally like a guy walked up to the line and was like I got a bathroom pass does anybody want to just buy their way into Hall H and I'd sent at that point 100 text messages trying to find someone who could get me into Hall H for this presentation because I wanted to see the Pilot, and I wanted to see the panel. Um, and this guy's like, Hey, I, you know, does anybody need a pass? And I'm like, I need one. And he goes, Great, give me some cash, and it's yours. And I w- pulled out what cash I had in my pocket, and it was five dollars. <laughs> and I was like, I got five bucks, man. He goes, Do you have ten? And I'm like, You're haggling for your free pass? <laughs> and he's like, All right, five bucks, man, sure. And so I give this guy some, and I'm sure this is all terribly legal, and San Diego's gonna come after me now. Um <laughs> uh, but this guy gave me his pass, and, and I I ran around to the other side of the like waiting line or whatever, um, and, and got in and like made my way to the, the front of Hall H and there was one random spare seat, like on an aisle. Oh. Uh, and, and I sat down and it, it was probably like six minutes to spare before that DC TV thing started. Woo. So I, wow. I like skated in at the last second. Um, and, and I'm sure I'll get in trouble for saying I bought a pass off some random guy, but, um, it, it,
1: Comic-Con has a TV station now they're doing fine. Yeah.
2: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, saw, yeah. <laughs> I saw it today. It's pretty, it's, it, I'm glad they're expanding though. Like they've, they've, they've tried really hard to not expand and, and I'm glad they're embracing it and just pushing forward into the next the next era of Comic-Con like i think yeah. it's it's smart on their part and could be agree. just really cool stuff
0: Um. Yeah. That's really cool stuff.
2: But I'm really like I I, hall H people. Like you have my utmost respect for waiting overnight for stuff. Like it's it's and it's an incredible culture because like everyone wants to help each other. And when like groups would go in, everybody would cheer. Like you know, (laughs) you got the
0: Vampire Diaries.
2: Yeah. Like. (laughs)
0: uh, So by by that time, were you already starting to to write the comic, or were you already working on some of the early early stages?
2: Uh, I mean, I'd I'd read a version of the pilot script at that point. Um, but I hadn't seen it because as as you've probably can guess like pilot scripts don't always turn into what the final pilot looks like. Um, And so I watched it and I, uh, had a meeting a few weeks later with Andrew Kreisberg and some of the guys from DC editorial. Uh, and we started talking about what the book would look like, what it would be. Um, they, they told me at that meeting, it would be digital, digital only. Um, and so to plan for it being just on, uh, just on screens, iPad screens and tablets, and then we'll do a trade at the end, um, which is a different type of, uh, Format than they normally do. Normally, normally it's like digital first, and then they do a print copy, and then they do a trade at the end of all that.
1: Right. Yeah. Usually, it's four issues of digital, which come in, which come out to one, one, one floppy. I guess what you want to call them. Sure. Um, and then, so was, call that a El- was that a Warren? Was that me too? Is that a Warren Ellis thing? Is that the floppy? I can't remember. Um, but uh, I think they do four. It's correct me if I'm wrong. It's four digital equals one equals one comic, and then all to get one a story arc equals one trade.
2: I have no earthly idea how that.
1: I want to say that's it because why not? Works for me. It's not uh, like I have a device that I could look something like that up or anything.
2: Right, you're not sitting on a near, next to a computer with your tablet next to you as well. Like, um, I, I don't. I don't remember how it works out. Like I, I um, you know, with that in mind, I, I broke the story just sort of going off of okay. It, I don't have to worry about print issues. So great. So I can do a two part story here, a three part story here. Like mm-hmm. like Ram, Rampage will be three parts, and then viral docs is two parts, and then parts two parts and then uh then there's a two part that I can't tell you about and then there's a one part and then there's a three part and then that's 13. And so um it actually kind of allowed me to, to know, knowing that it would be digital only allowed me to plot differently than mm. I would than I would have if I had to plan for okay every 3 every 3 issues will be one issue. Right, right. You know, every 3 chapters I guess would be one issue. Like I didn't have to worry about it. Did um, you
0: did you find any like fundamental differences between the digital and and the monthly style that you know that you used? Oh to yeah.
2: Do? Yeah, totally different. Um, you're, you're, you're thinking in half pages now mm. because like the, the way artists draw, uh, the way artists are, are instructed to draw these pages are a top half and a bottom half. And then each one of those will be one, one swipe. Right. Right. And so, yep. so you've got to think like, okay, uh, every, like the top half has to have a enticing thing that will make you want to swipe to the next page. So like every two to three panels, you have to have a, you have to have a moment that makes you want to flip the page. Whereas in comics, I can do nine panels. I can do 12 panels. I can do whatever at the bottom of, you know, nine panels. I have to plan for a page turn and I have to entice you to a page turn. So you're doing double the work because you have to constantly think about what will make you want to keep reading. And so every beat has to be like super interesting to look at or super exciting to pull you to the next beat, to the next beat, to the next beat. To the next beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also thinking only in top half and bottom half. And my scripts for these are top half, panels one, two, three, bottom half, panels one, two. Uh, and so you can't do things like, like a panel down the left side of the page, you know, like a tall panel, like those don't exist. Uh, you can't do stuff. You can't do a three panel page where it's three equal size panels to give something weight. You're suddenly, you can do one big panel across the top and maybe a two small panels on the bottom. Like it changes your, how you have to think of designing a page. Um, and that, that was a learning curve. Uh, like I did in issue one, there's a double page spread that will print as a double page spread but in the uh ipad chapter or whatever it 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 looks like we shorted you uh, a page because the, the like it's a splash page of rampage and supergirl right at the beginning
1: mm-hmm. um, i know exactly which one you're talking about yeah and,
2: and, and then it spreads over to like they fight a little bit and then we go into supergirl's origin that will read when you read it in print as a double page spread with a splash page on the left and panels on the right but as a like a digital page swipes it's three swipes instead of four so it seems like we're shorting you a page and really what we're doing is we made a we made a splash page with panels down the side and so you've got to accommodate um it's a different type of writing because you have to accommodate the digital page and the print page instead of when i do a monthly book you're you're accommodating the print page only and then someone will turn that digital um And that will like, it's an interesting process and it's a different process than, uh, than I'm used to. So, so that took some figuring out, you know, uh, but I think we've I think we've kind of uh, you know figured out what to do like I, I've started doing two panel splash pages where it's a big splash and a panel at the bottom um, so that you at least get two pages out of a splash page mm-hmm. um, but it, it'll it'll be different in print it, it's so interesting because like you know how there's all that that classic argument about full screen versus widescreen when you watch a movie and like yep. back in the back in the day you'd have to pay extra for a widescreen VHS copy yeah. of Godfather uh-huh. or whatever yep it, it's the same idea here like you, you will be Amazed at how differently this will read in print, because suddenly splash pages will open up and spreads will open up, and and you'll get the full lettering with like um, our letter. Uh, Seda does these amazing uh, uh, chapter designs. So like it'll say chapter one, you know, this is my life or whatever, and this beautiful script with an S shield behind it and that just goes away in the digital book, but will be in the print copy. Mm. Um, so it's it's the difference for me, it's, it's between full screen and widescreen to some degree uh, when, and when you see it in print it will read very differently than it does on the digital page, which is not to knock the digital page. Like I, I actually think that it's a really interesting format. I'm enjoying doing these books in that format. But there was a pretty steep learning curve of how to um how to write for that.
0: Yeah, I mean that makes sense. You know, it's a it's a new it's a new uh spin on on an old tr- on an old craft, you know, it's a new way of doing things.
2: Yeah, and I've spent <sighs> you know nine years or whatever writing comics for print pages right uh and now suddenly i'm writing for digital and so it it's it's different it's different
1: how how different do you find writing supergirl herself because the uh, the supergirl in the comics at the time when you were writing her was going through much different things than what Kara on the show goes through so how do you approach writing the same character but in a different way hmm. or do you not approach it in a different way at all and you just write the same thing
2: um well obviously the situation is different the, the base situation is different uh i th- i've described it and i'm i'm pulling i'm cheating because i'm using an answer i gave somebody else <gasps> how dare you
1: no it's cool don't worry about it yeah <laughs> but,
2: but it really is like imagine you have a best friend and you hang out with them all the time for two or three years and then they go they move to a different coast right mm-hmm. and then later five years pass And then they come back and visit and you're talking to them and they are they've changed situations and their thoughts on things have changed. But fundamentally, uh, unless they've gone crazy, fundamentally, they're still the same person they were when you last saw them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the same. It's sort of the same idea like it. It feels like not a lot of time has passed. Um, my Supergirl's voice for me is the same, though her situation has changed um, fairly significantly. Uh, but it's it's like running into an old friend and hanging out and chatting. You know, like it, it 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 should be feel a lot different than it does, but it's it's totally fine and it's fun and and it's like catching up and and I don't I don't know if that makes sense. And I've kind of got off the rails with that answer. No, no, but no, like...
1: it makes perfect sense. Although I did imagine. For Frank leaving me for the West coast. And I got a little sad, but he came back <laughs> at the end of the story. So it's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's
2: fun to write her again. I, I mean, it's, it's a different, the voice for me, the voice is almost the same, but with a different type of experience behind it. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I mean, I, I, I was writing chapter two and I put in the I'm super This is my life. And, and that was our catchphrase when we did the book, uh, when Jamal and I were on the book mm-hmm. all those years ago. And it felt so natural and, and like, I, I, I it, it it was a nice reminder that like sh- she is fundamentally still the same the same character. It's just the situation is different for me. I, I mean, I'm sure the next guy will give you a different answer and and so on. But like, it just feels like much like Superman, you can write Superman in a hundred different scenarios, but fundamentally he's still Superman. Like mm-hmm. he, that that voice for me never changes, even though you'll have all these different takes on him and you'll have different versions. Like that voice remains. The same to me, and Supergirl's the same way. Like, she is she is an unwavering, optimistic voice in a increasingly cynical and dark world. Um, and the way I write her will always reflect that because that is how I think of that character.
0: Yeah. Could not uh, agree with you more.
2: And, and different people have different takes, you know, Jeff Loeb's version of Superman, uh, Supergirl is very different than my version of Supergirl. Like, just, extremely, uh, yeah. uh, Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson, and Mike Green, the two Mikes, like their version of Supergirl is different than, than my version of Supergirl. Like yeah. they, it, it, you know, it, it just, that w- the more you, you talk to creators about how they approach characters. Uh, I, I find like we all have our takes on those characters and that's just how we think of them and we'll always think of them. Um I, but situations change and stories change and those characters will change across stories but fundamentally like Supergirl is a positive person. She's like she is a good force mm-hmm. in a very dark dark world. Um and the show, I think, is doing that very well uh, because they, they've done some, they tackled some really dark stuff, but fundamentally, Supergirls remain the same until tonight's episode.
1: Dun dun
2: dun! Oh, Got to
1: do that. <laughs> I'm like
2: less than an hour away from watching it. Actually, <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. We saw they showed I, it last night. Um, I saw
1: that tweet. Actually, you sent you sent out a tweet to um, to Larry Tang, right? Say yeah, how, yeah, how yeah, good it was.
2: He, he directed. Uh, tonight's episode Fallen and it's there's some really cool stuff in it Um, Melissa is amazing in it Kyler Lee is amazing in it the the Big fight scene at the end is is incredible on it And I, I always like say on a TV budget which feels like it's like qualifying it But it's it's a breathtaking fight that I like no show has ever attempted um, So it's you no know, those those guys make good TV consistently great TV. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I mean they know those guys know what they're doing um, And it's it's funny because even though the show is I mean obviously it's, it's super girl, right? It's it, I mean her she's the title character, but it really is kind of an ensemble piece at the same time mm-hmm. um, because because there are so many you know, great characters and you've been able to to write um, you know most of these characters so far um, do, you know even though it's an ensemble piece do you find that certain duos of characters kind of pair off and are the most fun to write and and you know some are more challenging
2: well Alex and Kara are awesome like every, every time I can put the two of them in a scene I will um, because they have such they are polar opposites in terms of their approaches to the world and so e- every scene with the two of them together they're looking at one thing and both of them have very very different reactions, which creates conflict, which creates drama, which creates story. Um, So it's, they are extremely fun to write together. And I think they are the engine that makes the show go. So that makes the, that, that makes the show go frankly, like their, their relationship on screen is what keeps me so, uh, engaged with it
1: mm-hmm. um frank, frank and i say that a lot that a lot of our favorite scenes from each episode always ends up being just the chemistry that alex and cara have whether it's you know it's pizza and game of thrones night and here we are chatting on the couch and she's just lounging in her costume you know and they're just doing their thing ends up that's some of the strongest stuff the show has to offer
2: i think it's it's clear from watching it's clear that they they like each other a lot as uh sisters and Uh they uh, that relationship for me is what makes that show so different and so exciting you know i i don't i think without that sister that show would be very very different i'm not sure it would be as successful because that that underlying message of of sisterhood and and stronger together doesn't play without without alex
0: Uh Um, she's the heart of the show in a lot of ways
2: and i think if you take if you take alex out of the equation you have a very different supergirl Mm. uh and, and I think that's something that's, that they could explore in the future. Not that they asked me, um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I mean, in terms of writing the characters from the show, like, like we, we do a lot with Wynn, uh, in this Frail Docs story we're doing right now, um and but but primarily i, I mean for me like cara and alex are are what makes this version of super very unique and so i wanted to play that up as hard as i could and so they're they're sort of ongoing mystery and and uh i don't know how much i can tell you what just came out chapter four their ongoing yeah. mystery with rampage's sister and rampage and and um so stuff <laughs> that's okay you can uh, uh, we'll, we'll drive will drive a lot of of this of adventures of Supergirl like there that that it, it is the Adventures of Supergirl like asterisk asterisk, and Alex kicks a lot of ass
1: <laughs> speaking of rampage and real docs and all these things how do you how do you get to determine which um, DC villains you get to use versus what the show is using and how does that work because I I remember reading the the flash digital comic and king shark showed up because like we're never going to use king shark that's expensive and now we've had king shark in yeah. two episodes of the Flash. um so I was, how does that how does that work with dc editorial and the show and the producers and uh that?
2: the show the show asked us to use braille docs oh cool um we were talking in the room about brainiac and like plan and what brainiac meant and and how it's the bad version of of an alien coming to the planet etc uh and we started talking about we, we can't like obviously i'm not going to use brainiac in a comic like i'm not mm-hmm. like and so we were talking about other characters and docs came up um as an extension of that conversation And I I don't know if that was before Indigo was on the table for them or not. Um, So Vryal Docs was always part of the plan. And so uh, a lot of, what can I tell you? A lot of the back half of Adventures of Supergirl Season 1 or whatever we're going to call it, like a lot of the back half revolves around Vryal Docs.
1: Oh, co- okay. And,
2: and so we we wanted to do a story focused on him, and then he uh plays bigger roles in later cool. in, in events that happen later in the series. Oh, so okay. he he was always an integral part of our of our story because they they asked us to use him. Um, Rampage, I love Rampage. She's <laughs> such a cool villain, and I, I uh I, I she's a great visual. There's a great parallel between uh her her and super girl. And, and that that was, I, I already had sort of thought through. And then once we started talking about the sister stuff that became a natural extension. Um, and I, I thought it would be really cool to open, uh, a story with rampage, just destroying a football field and Supergirl getting called in. Um, and, uh, then who else? Psy, I, I, you know, I, I have a very soft spot in my heart for daring new adventures of Supergirl that Paul Copperberg Carmen Infantino series uh, from the early eighties. It only ran like two years, but um, Paul Copperberg tried really hard to give Supergirl her own rogues gallery in those two years. Um, n- none of those villains really stuck. Um, sadly, but right. we tried to, bring, we tried to bring a couple of them back in uh, Jamal and I's run. Um, like the gang and Miss Mesmer and all these all these kind of random kooky kooky kind of seedless DC villains. Uh, but one of them that I really liked was this woman named Psy and and her story in the comics was very different than what we're doing in the in the book. But she's a great visual. She's a psychic character. She, um, she there was something really interesting to do with her. I I dug her out and we redesigned her for Forever Evil Argus. Um if you read that series. I did, I remember that. Yep. Uh we, we dug her out because we needed, I needed a psychic character, a psychic alien character to put uh in, in Argus. And so um we redesigned Psy, and I was so like jazzed to see how cool that redesign was. I was like, I I gotta use this character again at some point. And so when this opportunity came up, uh I, I put her in because there are a lot of there are a lot of cool Paul Kupperberg villains from that early decay and and I, I like the gang quite a bit. Like there are a lot of uh, Matrix Prime. There's a Matrix Prime reference next chapter, which I was really excited oh, that's about. Cool. There's
1: going to be a lot of people really excited about that. I hear you hear stuff about the Matrix all the time. Not the Keanu Matrix, the good Matrix. Oh, the right. I <laughs> Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: so I, it was just about sort of digging out the 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 Paul Kupperberg of it all, and 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 finding ways to to get those villains in there because Supergirl has historically had such a limited rogues gallery. Uh, I, I feel like it is the duty of people that write Supergirl stories now to both invent new villains and dust off old villains and and find ways to make them relevant uh, to today because so many people across the sixty years have put in have tried to make Supergirl villains pop. Some of them more successful than others. It is, and I feel this just as a creator working on the corporate comics that have long histories. Like it is our duty to fix up those concepts that are fine concepts, but they might not have stuck with with fans back then. Mm-hmm. Can we can we take them, polish them up, make them awesome, and and put them back out in the world? And so, Psy was is is me really uh, trying to make that classic villain someone cool for today. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll spoil something here. Uh this, that story is called Nightmares on L Street. Uh oh, and, uh, that's cool. I know. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a big uh it's a big psychic dream battle uh across two chapters. Um and we do we do some really cool stuff, and we um I think long-term super role fans will really like chapter seven because there's a lot of great Easter eggy kind of stuff um within it. And I think it it helps put Psy on the map is someone very scary and very cool awesome
0: awesome i love those easter eggs i noticed in uh in, there's a ton of
2: them that i'm i'm going all in on them so love get ready. it
0: love it uh i love seeing those like i i noticed in issue three you you threw in eigle um yeah. yeah 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 i love it and
2: he, and he says molly dangers is a molly dangers catchphrase <laughs> um yeah i mean we 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 do i i i mean it's shameless but i i, I thought like there's when when else will i have this opportunity so like so I, I made Jamal a DEO agent. Um, I, I made, uh, some, uh, some of my friends DEO agents kind of in the background, like there's an <laughs> agent price who's named after my, my friend and co-writing partner, Matt price, uh, on a couple things. And then, um, there's like a, there's a Leesburg, Virginia reference, uh, in chapter four, which is a reference to Peter David's, um, supergirl who lived in Leesburg, Virginia. Nice. Yep. Uh, there's David and Frank's which is a take on Musso and Frank's which is a famous LA hotspot
0: uh, no I think you're wrong I think that's that's about me that's I, Tim and that's Tim and Frank's yeah. you got that name wrong sure. I'm sorry I think yeah. that was about
2: yeah <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let her know we'll get, a, get that swapped out yeah no. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
2: but I, I again I, it's just about like we have a really cool opportunity here to both honor the Supergirl's past and push her forward and, and there's unfortunately for fans there's not a Super girl book right now coming out regularly um obviously dc rebirth will change that and there'll be a super book now but i thought why not take uh take this opportunity to reference past creators, past creations, like have little Easter eggy things for long-term fans, though not at the expense of telling a cool story for current TV show fans. Mm-hmm. So that stuff is there if you're willing to look for it. Um, and especially chapter seven, you're going to flip out seeing all the stuff we managed to get in that. Um, that stuff is there for long-term fans if you look for it. But new fans who, who come to Supergirl because of the show, like they'll just be entertained and it'll be cool, cool little stuff that that they'll kind of blow by because it's it's not super gratuitous um but it's definitely there for for fans and and i you know as a long-term supergirl fan and as someone who uh has done a lot of work on that character before I, i just felt like it was important to uh pay homage to all the groups that have come before us
1: I'm sure you also feel maybe that you have m- more freedom to Easter egg or to talk about various versions of Supergirl in an Easter egg fashion that a DC. A DC book in the in the universe proper doesn't really yeah. uh, get a chance to because they sure. they have to stick to stick to the plan. And sure, I mean
2: yeah. they, they've really they they let us. We have a great uh, editor team uh, in Christy Quinn and Jessica Chin, and, and they've they've really let us sort of do our thing. Um, and and I, I'll send in a script, and it will be two pages of like all, all of my scripts always start with reference links. Uh, cause I, I don't, I, I'm a firm believer in giving artists everything they need from the get go. So they don't mm-hmm. have to spend, they don't have to spend two hours Googling, you know? Right. Um, but, but I'll send in a script and it'll be four pages of reference links, uh, of, of just <laughs> different, different screen caps from the show, different, uh, different Supergirl things from Supergirl history and, and. Um, I, they, they've been very patient with me as I dump a reference in their lap and, and that they've been great. They've actually been really great to work with because they've been so sort of hands off and they trust me to tell a good story in the middle of not to say it's all references. I, like, I, I don't, I don't want to scare people off thinking that it's all, all references, but like,
1: no, it doesn't read like that either. Um, like you good. said, if you, if you don't, if you don't know it, then it doesn't detract from the story at all. If you, but if you get it, you get it and you'll. You'll enjoy it all the much more
0: exactly yeah yeah they're fun they're fun little Easter eggs for those of us who know and if you don't you just skip over it you don't even notice it cool good yeah. that, that,
2: that, uh, again we take it to chapter seven guys because uh, we go pretty all out like there's Can't if you're wait. a long-term if you're a long-time Supergirl fan you're gonna flip out at some of the stuff we got in there
1: mm. all right well when it comes out I'll tweet you flipping out yes yeah. that yeah, yeah right. probably right. I like this
0: uh, I like how like seven seven is an important number here because like we talked to David Harewood a few months ago and he said wait for episode seven like this a big reveal and we all know what happened there and now you're saying e- issue seven there's a, there's a, something with sevens here um, issue
2: seven is a big one like the right the, the first inkling of what the what the bigger picture is happens in issue seven oh, chapter love it. seven love it. um but but if you're a if you're a new 52 supergirl fan if you're a pre-flashpoint supergirl fan if you're a peter david supergirl fan if you're a uh cosplay supergirl fan if you're a dc bombshell supergirl fan if, supergirl fan, if you are a fan of any of those. Iterations of Supergirl, Chapter Seven will be something interesting for you to behold. That's well, that's amazing. I, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, <don't. laughs> I, I eagerly I eagerly await uh, Chapter Seven now, <clears throat> more more than I already did. Um, we have a question from Twitter, actually. So you mentioned cool. before you've, uh, you know, you got to meet Melissa at Comic-Con, and, and I know you were at, at PaleyFest yesterday. Um, but uh, Susan Smith uh, on Twitter asked us, um, ha- have you had a chance to spend time on the set to get a feel for the show? Um, because she really loves the series and the way you capture the vibe.
2: Yeah, I actually, uh, I was on set a couple weeks ago, um, not, which sounds like a brag, but it's really not.
1: Um, well, we asked, I, so. I, uh, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I, I think I tweeted about this. Like they, um, I, I was talking to Andrew Kreisberg's office. I, I talked to Andrew fairly often, uh, even though he's the busiest person in the world. Um, and, and we were talking about uh, when the season was going to wrap shooting. And so I said, like, uh, I guess in early February, I said, like, I, I'd love to go on set even for a day just to kind of get a feel for it, because it, it's, you know, like, it's it's super cool. And I want to I try to get in before they shut it all down for the hiatus. And so they, um, they said, OK, well, we have a bunch of dates doing these work for you and I was like well March 1st is my birthday so then that's on this list and they're like oh March 1st is awesome because we're doing blah 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 and I'm like great can I go and they're like yeah sure we'll set it up and so uh on my birthday I got up at 6 a.m. and finished a script for something else uh because I knew I was going to be on set uh, for a chunk of the day uh I drove to Warner Brothers I got there I was supposed to be there for 45 minutes uh, I stayed for 7 hours
0: wow <laughs> uh, happy birthday um, to you
2: yeah yeah it was really cool like and, and melissa they were shooting a big fight scene uh a big uh, on one of the sets and i'm not gonna spoil that but like they they were shooting a big fight scene and so it was melissa and her stunt double and they would switch off shots uh and so between melissa would come and chat and she had some friends from out of town too and and so we all just kind of hung out and and chatted and and i talked to um Kim Raster quite a bit about the VFX work, and I talked to uh, Shauna, uh, uh, Melissa stunt double, a lot about the costume and the challenges of of doing stunts in that costume and the rigging. I mean, the rigging to do flying stunts is crazy, Uh, and the number of people it takes to execute a flying stunt is is kind of Mm mind-blowing and so each each of the every time and they must have done god i want to say i saw them do eight setups that day um that's so many oh my two two of which were uh flight stunts and so it it was a lot of uh it's just it's it's fascinating to watch you know i i studied film in college and, and to go from the last time i was on a set was i guess blade the series which was a show in vancouver on a very limited budget and that was felt like a pretty big set to me jumping up from my college sets, you know, like co- when you're shooting films in college it's like at someone's apartment with one one C stand of lighting and a camera and a crew of 4, right? And so then to go from to Blade was like holy crap, like suddenly it's, you know, 30 people on set and then to go to Supergirl, which is a huge show, it was like, oh wow, there are probably 50 people on set right now to do this crazy flying stunt that will be on camera for maybe 3 seconds. <laughs> Um, but there's so much safety and like the fire marshal was involved cause there was a, there's a fire element to it. So they have like, like they have firemen standing by monitoring safety stuff. I mean, it was really, it was a really cool day to be on set watching, watching this fight scene happen. Um, and then I, you know, and then I, I went home and collapsed cause I just spent seven hours on, on a set. Yeah. Wow. To- Talking to Melissa in costume and and it was, you know, there's a picture, I think I tweeted a picture and it's just, I'm ear to ear grin because it's so crazy that I'm on this million dollar set uh, uh, of the show. Talking to Melissa in costume about you know what's the most surreal thing that's happened as a result of blah blah, blah. and then it like she, and she's so nice and and um, uh, someone Ali Adler actually like I was talking to her and she walked me over to Melissa who was in costume and Melissa was like hey we've met before and I'm like wow yeah randomly in July <laughs> uh, and she's like yeah how's it going you you tweet a lot and I'm like yeah yeah I do because I'm doing this book and and here's some artwork and so I was walking her through a bunch of cool art stuff and showing her those cat stags covers and um which are she, beautiful yeah oh yeah and how great is cat stags like uh, amazing oh, always great she's incredible incredible
1: Actually, she's coming to boston comic-con this year um this summer and that she is she is on my like this is the table i'm going to get out of my way um yeah yeah i've been following her stuff for years she's so good
2: And uh, I've seen upcoming stuff from her. She's drawing a chapter for us. She's drawing chapter 10. Mm -hmm. Um, And she sent me uh, like a sneak peek panel of a villain. Um, God, I wish we could talk more about this, but like, I I don't want to ruin anything. But like... our. Uh I guess I can tell you cuz I've talked about it. There's a new villain that we're introducing into the Supergirl mythos uh in, in Adventures of Supergirl. Brand new villain.
1: Cool. Uh, good for you. That's a that's a That's big. That's big. That's a big thing to do. That's good for you guys.
2: And I designed her. Um
1: oh, that's awesome. even better. Um, yeah.
2: And and so I hadn't seen any pages with her in action or whatever. And so Cat sent me sent me a panel uh of of the Allura hologram with the hologram of this villain. And I freaking lost it just like, like got water, watery eyed. Like it's so bizarre. Cause I've never, they've never, I- I've never designed a character like full on backstory. Here's what she looks like here. Like I did a drawing and, and sent it in. Like I've never done that before. And so to see pages of, of our villain, uh, was pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, and, and cat is just awesome. Like, um, she 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 requested like we were i saw her at a convention uh and by the way when you see her in boston she'll have prints of all these covers that she's doing she's she's uh, some really uh, rad prints so um but but i i, I saw her at a convention and we were talking, and and uh, and I was like, "Well, what do you want to draw? Like, do you have anything you want to draw in this in this chapter? Because I want to be sure you're happy. Because like, I, I always try to do that if I can, like, ask an artist what do they like to draw, what 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 intrigues them, what gets them excited to draw for this, um, because I can make it work within the context of the story as long as I know. And like like Emanuele Lupicino, she said, uh, "I want to draw my cat. Like, I love my cat. I, I'd love to find a way to get my cat involved." And so. In in one of uh, Emma's chapters, like Supergirl rides essentially Battle Cat from He-Man, awesome, uh, and it's Emma's cat because she wanted to draw it, uh, and and so Cat Stags said I I, I would love to draw. Um, drama like i love the sh- i love the action elements of the show but i really like the drama of it all can you find a way to make that work and i said well i have had i've got this idea for um a big allura scene uh wherein allura basically explains this villain's backstory but is that i mean is that challenging for you and she goes i i love allura i love kara if you can put the two of them in a scene together like facing off i will draw the ever-loving crap out of it awesome. uh and so that's chapter 10 is a, is a big allura supergirl scene god i'm spoiling all sorts of stuff for you guys that's um okay.
1: seven and ten this is we're, we're looking forward to stuff
2: oh, this we is talked about eight and nine where i dig up like <laughs> some crazy silver age kryptonian stuff that no one's seen for 50 years oh, i mean man. Like, chapter chapter nine it's gonna like all you kryptonian historians are gonna flip
1: out <laughs> um you've got a you've got a great like Batman hush thing going on, you know, just, uh, let's take all the villains. Let's make them good. Let's make them work. Here we go. One big story. I like it.
2: Because no one's done that for Supergirl. Um, yeah,
1: yeah you're so right.
2: We like Supergirl has had some very talented creators work on, on that character over the years, but her rogues gallery is sort of few and far between. We, mm-hmm. Jamal and I tried really hard to build up her rogues gallery. And had we continued on the book, we were going to do a big story, um, where all of Supergirl's rogues, came together to form the Supergirl Revenge squad and and we were going to blow it out and have Superwoman leading a group of Rogues and our intentions were to put those rogues on the map as the Supergirl rogues nice. because she doesn't have them. Like, I can name Flash villains, I can name Batman villains, I can name Spider Man villains. Supergirl doesn't have that, right? Yep, historically has not had that. So, it, it was our intention to take Silver Banshee, uh, Dollmaker, Superwoman, Reactron. We were going to bring Reactron back, uh, from the dead, um, bring all these villains back and make sure they stick as Supergirl. The Supergirl Rogues Gallery, and as a result, uh, you know the show saw what we did and pulled Reactron, and and did our, they are doing a bunch of stuff with Lucy Lane. I, I'm not sure what the intention is there. Yeah. Um, they, they saw what we did, and, and those were the things that stuck for them. So it felt like, well, mission accomplished. We did it. Like, we made, we tied these villains to Supergirl in a way that no one's done before. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the idea here is the same thing. Can we take Rampage, Psy, Vrialdox, our as yet unnamed on page villain, uh, can we tie them to Supergirl in such a way that um, they'll stick and people will want to read stories about Supergirl? Supergirl fighting rampage and and Supergirl facing off with Allura and like will those be the elements that stuck that stick with that character?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because, listen, you did it, you did it last time. You know, I mean, when when the show started, when when Lucy was uh, was announced to be on the show, everyone's immediate, I you mean, know, all over the comic book uh, sites was like, oh, is she Superwoman? Is she Superwoman? Like, you you definitely uh, yeah left a mark there.
1: Yeah, well, we, even with Silver Banshee showing up and when yeah. you said like Reactron, like those are people people immediately point to your stuff and say that's why this is here and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you're just gonna you're just gonna do it again we have full faith that it's gonna happen
0: again absolutely
2: well ho- hopefully you know and and the show has not announced official season two pickup yet so we'll see what happens next but we'll um, you know I, I I'd love for stuff that we do in the comics to bounce into the show I don't know what the odds are of that you know fairly slim I'm guessing knock on wood um, but it's important to me as someone who has spent literally years of his life working on Supergirl, it's important to me to continue to build the mythos and continue to build her challenges um, because those challenges are what's going to continue to build the character up right? Like Mm -hmm. if you don't throw Batman hush, like if you don't throw Supergirl hush at her, what will she learn from this 13 chapter thing? And so, and I'll tell you, Batman hush was something I I very much had in mind along with long Halloween. Like those two structurally are so interesting.
1: Mm, They are. Those are my, those are some of my favorites. Fantastic.
2: Yeah. And there, there's so much about how can we take Batman's rogues, throw them at Batman in a way that builds everybody up. so I, I looked at that stuff because Loeb is great at that.
1: Yeah, he really is.
2: And, and Loeb is great at iconic. He always finds the 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 one thing that makes these villains tick and makes that the thing that hinges upon each appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to do that here with Supergirl. Rampage, obviously she's driven by rage. Docs is obviously driven by information. Psy is, is driven by uh, the darkness and the secrets that are within your dreams. Can um, like, and i take each of those things and use it to expose a different thing within supergirl's mind within her soul like and and all of that will add up to a bigger story that's the back half of the season chapters 8 through 13 that will culminate in a really huge battle wherein supergirl and her friends and her sister like they they will have to make some pretty big decisions uh, that will, that will affect Supergirl on a, on a pretty big level, but still maintain the integrity and the continuity of the TV show. Um, because ultimately our, my job is to serve both the character and serve the TV show. Um, because they are, they're the mothership and I'm the away missions, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what happens on an away mission affects The mothership, but the mothership still goes on, you know, and and that's why we we set out uh, early on and we said, like, look, this takes place before chapter nine ish. So, so every story happens between the pilot and chapter nine, we won't, we won't necessarily like, you know, kill anybody cause we can't, but we're going to tell some really cool stuff that will reveal stuff about these people early on, because I, I, I didn't want to have to, I knew the Martian Manhunter reveal was going to happen in nine. And I didn't want to have to deal with that up within these 13 chapters, though. That isn't to say there won't be some cool red eye Hank moments.
1: Right. Um, I called that for. From day one, I—you should have seen my reaction when when that when that popped out of uh, when when he when he morphed. Um, for the first time in that episode, I was like, yep, I am the smartest man alive. Somehow I'm Tim not, called it. Tim I called did. It. I saw red eyes. I was like, no, he's Martian Manhunter. He's not a Cyborg Superman. Get out of my way. Yeah.
2: <laughs> although you you, you saw uh, uh, Dean Cain's coming back. So
1: we'll see. Yeah. What... Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Let's we'll see um, what
2: happens. I'm yeah. Although something
1: tells me, you know what happens with yours. See what happens. So, um, but to go back to what you said before, I, I think the your book is doing a really great job at creating new dynamics and tensions with these characters. Um, without distracting from the show or it only adds to it, but it can also be read on its own. So even if somebody's not watching Supergirl, you can read Adventures of Supergirl and have the greatest time of your life and and move on without ever seeing the show so it's that
2: that was the always my goal um i i love those flash season zero comics i love those arrow uh season 2.5 comics whatever they're called i love that stuff my biggest not problem but one of the things i don't enjoy about them is they're so reliant on you having watched the show Mm -hmm. um and and like I love that they' each chapter is its own little story like and so it bounces around a lot but I think it actually makes the comics feel less relevant again to me as a fan because like season zero is a king shark story and then they go up against the the excuse me the circus from starman and like all this stuff but it doesn't really add up to anything right um, and that's fine that if that's the the way you want to go when we started doing supergirl adventures and we started talking about it I said to Andrew look m- m- my goal is to to tell a, a huge story That will add up to a big story So if you buy that trade paperback You get 140 pages Of just kick-ass Supergirl stuff That adds up, like that you, you'll close And feel like, wow, what a great Supergirl story that I, I Invested 140 pages in Like, it, And it rocked um, And it feels like the show So if you watch the show, you, you get it But it's not reliant on you Having watched the show, we sum up her, her Origin in the first you know the first like 10 pages i think we sell her origin in three or four pages because so much of the back half of the season is reliant on that origin but also uh on the off chance that you've picked up this book cold you at least know what 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 is happening going in you know um it, it just—it was important to me to make sure that it was a story that stood alone, but at the same time reflected the origin of the show and and dealt with that. And and you know, your mileage varies. Uh, I know a lot of people thought we were cheating by having the TV origin in that first chapter, but so much stuff is reliant in the back half of this of our season on that origin. I couldn't get away with not having it, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's fun. why that's there. For people that have kvetched uh, to me on Twitter, like you're just rehashing the origin. And blah, like there we're, we did that for a very specific reason and you will see exactly why we did it um shortly
0: we are excited to see that. See everything you've kind of teased for us. Um, thank you so much, man, for for your time. We really appreciate it. It's been a blast. Sure, sure. I,
2: I, you know, you got me for a few more minutes. If you, if there's, <laughs> if there's more Twitter questions
0: you want to toss out or whatever, like lightning round. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Uh, well, you know, did you, did you? We have a question from uh, Alexandra since you offered uh, a question from Alexandra. Um, did you get to uh, when you were talking to Melissa, um, on the set? Did you get to talk about you know her, her, her character's art? And and same for Kyler or anyone else, um, you know about their characters' arcs, and you know any did that spark any did that inspire anything for you, uh, uh, you know going going forward.
2: Uh, we we talked a lot about the Lord of the Rings. So. Nice. <laughs>
1: that's the happiest uh, thing I've that's makes me so happy. We talked about
2: Lord of the Rings and, uh, the, the, the boots on the costume. Uh, and I mean, n- no, we didn't really talk about character stuff. And, and I, I brought, I shamelessly brought some comics to give to her, um, from me, me and Jamal. Uh, and boy. So we boy. talked, we talked about that. And then we talked about cat stags uh, h- hilariously. Um, because cat's art is so good, like uh, everybody knows it's good and everyone wants to talk about how, how great those covers are. So great stuff. Um, amazing art. And then we talked a lot about, like, the, the ins and outs of shooting, like, because her, she and her stunt double were swapping back and forth, back and forth. And, and you know, is that challenging? Is that tough? Like, y- you know, you're going 100 miles an hour trying to get so many setups in a day to cut together this fight scene. Like, it, it's challenging. And and watching Melissa interact with everyone on that set, like, she, she leads that set a lot. Um, And, and it's, it is, this has been such an amazing thing to watch her tackle. Like she, she is a superhero, she's a superhero and, and watching her on set was, was awesome. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's very surreal when she walks up to you in costume. Uh, it's, it's very strange that's cool I, it was, I quick,
1: go ahead no go ahead
2: no, no, I was just gonna say it was a surreal day it was a very surreal day being on set and and I was talking to uh, one of the other producers and we, and we were talking about Kryptonian uh, alphabet like how the Kryptonian alphabet works and and mm-hmm. why it is the way it is and because um, there's Kryptonian you can't really tell on camera but like all over Kara's pod th- there's Kryptonian writing all over that thing mm-hmm. um, and so we, we, we were talking a lot about um, Man, Man of Steel the John Byrne Man of Steel series which designed mm-hmm. the Kryptonian and alphabet um just just stuff it was it was just cool it was cool to, cool to be on set and and talk about stuff that i've spent most of my life loving or trying to build up you know it's it's Pretty strange. Pretty strange thing to do.
1: That's cool. I, my quick question um, why are we talking about Lord of the Rings? I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So, and Frank's not, and I take any opportunity I can to convince him to watch it. So, I'm going to take it right here. <laughs> uh, this is, it,
2: uh, it will
1: seem like I'm shilling, but chapter seven. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. That actually, that's good. That's
0: all I needed. Uh, that is I, I, untoppable.
1: I, uh, I like,
2: cause I wanted to, I had a bunch of the art on my phone and, and Emma's pages are so radical. And I was talking about sigh and we're doing this crazy dream thing and we're doing stuff on the show you you can't really do. And I turned to her and I was like, do you like Lord of the Rings? And she's like, "Uh, are you kidding? I love Lord of the Rings. And I said, great. Well, chapter seven, page two, like Supergirl gets dropped into a Lord of the Rings battle. Um, and so then we, then we went off about Lord of the Rings for a while and then she got called to shoot stuff. And, and, and that was that, but like, I mean, like we didn't talk about Supergirl's character or arc or, or any, like we didn't get in a nitty gritty like that. It was mostly just like, you know, cause you're, you're talking about like 30 second long conversations between shots. Like, right. yeah. Um, but it, it was fun. It was just fun to be on set and that there's an energy on set, uh, that you can't really replicate. And, mm. um, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this comic. I'm glad I got the opportunity to go like, thank you to Andrew Kreisberg and his assistant Danny. Like they, they helped me get on set and, and Ali, was really nice. And, um, I, I got to the art department and Talk about uh, you know uh, Jamal and I's work, and because they they have just walls of Supergirl art throughout, just classic covers and and stuff from the books. Um, and and it was you know someone was like, "Do you recognize any of this stuff?" I'm like, "Well, half the covers on your wall are are Josh Middleton covers that from our run, and the other half are Amy Reader covers from our run." Uh, <laughs> and then like they had all this Bizarro Girl stuff up because because um, they did that Bizarro episode, and I'm like, all these designs like are based on our, our bizarro girl that we did with the cracked skin and the black eyes and all that stuff like it's i said it's really surreal to stand here and look at all this stuff blown up you know into 11 by 17 images or bigger um because like it's like looking at y- your life eight years later you know
1: hmm. so framed no less uh, yeah it's like a little museum to your to a part of your life that's really cool isn't really? that weird it's it's, yeah. been very,
2: it's very weird it was it was a very surreal day and and again it was my birthday and I was just like it, you know I, I just celebrated 10 years in Los Angeles um and so it was just like like 10 years of my 10 years of life in Los Angeles and I'm standing on this million dollar set uh for a in a, a, a show that I love that I'm doing a, a book for and it was it was a very strange day it's very it was a great it was a great day super great day no pun intended but like it was I, like i i came home and like i ate dinner and just collapsed into bed and, and just passed out because again I, I wasn't supposed to be i was supposed to be there 45 minutes and i stayed for seven hours just watching them do stuff and and it was it was strange and and talking to people about work we did now almost a decade ago uh on this character and and trying to revitalize and re refocus what Supergirl should be because for a long time she was sort of untethered uh and and it was important to Jamal and I when we came on the book to find find sort of her her lightning rod and and find her North Star essentially and 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 always be pointing towards that and in order to do that we had to do some gymnastics and and sort of um and New Krypton offered that like because we could we could explain some of the more erratic behavior the character had had and, and then just sort of realign her and and take her to a place that we we wanted to take her and and make her that optimistic voice in a very dark situation um and some of that like psychologically some of that is her response to losing Zorel. this is all we're talking about my old work so it's not that exciting but like um, no, it is. Psych-
1: Don't. Yeah, it's still exciting. Like, Don't worry. Psych- about it. Yeah.
2: Psychologically, a lot of that was she loses Zorel and her response isn't to wallow because she's just spent the last she's spent the last few years wallowing, right? Like she had already gone through the grief of losing her parents and losing Krypton, and then suddenly her parents show back up again, and she loses her dad again. Mm-hmm. So her response isn't to wallow in despair like she had just done through the Loeb stuff and 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 Joe Kelly and and you know like. The, those books were great for what they were, but we didn't want to tell those stories again. And so there's a moment where she decides I'm gonna be I'm gonna be positive in the face of some really horrible stuff, and then she struggles with that throughout our throughout our run. Um, and then she finally loses New Krypton, and it explodes. And and we did a whole story about Bizarro Girl uh, because it was about loss and the tr- the trauma of loss. And looking at yourself in the mirror, and so suddenly realizing like what's in front of me is not who I am. It's it's a cracked version. How do I fix that? And so and so she goes out of her way to fix the cracked version, uh, and that's why we did that Bizarro Girl story. Um, so it, it so again to to stand in the art department and look at these giant blown up covers of Bizarro Girl was really strange because it's you know like a decision you made god 6 years ago is is
1: now being Blown up, writ large on a wall. So, well, I guess we finally figured out what you get for the man who has everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 the Black Mercy, and also take him to a TV show set. That's, That's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. the one thing Mongol was missing. The yeah. one thing. <laughs> Sterling
2: Gates, this is your life. Uh, <laughs> it was really surreal. It, you know, I'm I'm very thankful to have gone, and and it was really cool to see to see them work and to see how fast how fast they have to work, um, to get all their shots in. Like they, you know, when you walk in, there was a huge storyboard, like kind of wall and there's X and off, uh, shots as they go. So wow, it was, it was a really cool, cool experience. And and I'm thankful to have had it. And and hopefully the book we're doing, people will see the book that we're doing and, and understand we're, we're really working hard to build up, Build up the Supergirl TV show world, um, and and thankfully DC has been very hands off in letting us do what we want, and the producers of the show have been very have been very happy. Like I, I sent when when they asked me to do it, I sent them a pitch in uh, September ish. Uh, and I was like, hey, Andrew, here you go. Here's what I'm thinking. Let me know. And it was a, I don't know, a three or four page pitch, but it, it laid out like, you know, here's chapters one through 13. Here's what happens in each of them. What do you think? And he just wrote back, like all caps, this is. F- awesome with like a (laughs) hundred exclamation
1: points (laughs) Uh, and i was like
2: okay so we're off to the races and then and then i started writing and then and then it took them a long time to, to announce it because of whatever reasons um but the good news is because it took them so long we were able to uh get bengal to do our launch our launch story. Um, so it, it worked out. It worked out in the long run. Um, but there was a lot of just sitting and waiting. Like, when are they going to announce this? Like, is this like because the the, the online chatter? Uh, a lot of it was like, why isn't there a Supergirl book? What are they doing? What's going wrong? Like, people were really upset about it, and I just had to bite my tongue because I knew it was coming. Because. I was doing it (laughs) because I was, I was getting pages back and like it, it, it existed already. It was, it was just waiting, waiting for that announcement. Um, and then being able to talk about it. So, um, but no, I, I, there's so much cool stuff coming up in adventures. Uh, it, it will, it will kind of, if you're a long-term Supergirl fan, it will blow your mind what we put in that book um, because there's stuff in there that I, I, I was frankly amazed that they, they were just like, yeah, sounds great. Do it. Like they've been very supportive and, and sort of letting me kind of kind of run wild and, and pay homage to Supergirl creators past and, and while moving that character forward. So great. And I, 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 and we're getting a rebirth book and, and Supergirl is going to have a rebirth book. Like, and I cannot wait to see, I, I actually don't really know who's doing that book. So I can't wait to see what that looks like. That'll be announced in
1: like couple, a week. couple yeah, just really soon. That's so, we're all I'm excited, excited for it. And one day some Supergirl writer is going to, is going to be homaging stuff that you did, which is. Yeah, that is definitely
2: happening. Oh, that's weird. I, yeah. I never thought about that.
1: Yeah. Right. I know. It's going to to the, welcome to the big leagues. Yeah. Which I am not a part of, but I'm welcoming you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of the big leaves, okay. <laughs> yeah. Here is some big league chew. Enjoy your stay.
2: Yeah. One of the more surreal moments, like I'm friends with Mike Johnson, who wrote New Fifty Two Supergirl, and we were right. talking. We were talking on Twitter about something, and and he made a joke about God. It's a shame Supergirl doesn't have a Fortress of Solitude. And I I emailed him. I like I jumped off Twitter and emailed him, and I was like, you do know we did that, right? And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Like in Supergirl Annual Two, in a cut scene out of that, we. We introduced the Fortress of Sanctuary, um, and he was like, "Are you, you're joking?" And I said, "No." And he goes, "Can I use that?" I'm like, "Sure. Here's the script that we like. Go for it." And so that like became part of the new 52 Supergirl was, was introducing mm-hmm. sanctuary, which then
1: became cyborg Superman. Kind of, kind of. Yeah. It was it, it, a whole big thing. It was real I, interesting. It was a really I, interesting take. I liked it a lot.
2: Uh, but, but that was just, that sprang out of a conversation I had with Mike. Uh, cause like I, I did this thing where Supergirl went to the future in Supergirl annual Two. It was, uh, the legion of superheroes annual that we did uh and and she goes to the future and and uh she and brainiac five sort of get in trouble with uh satan girl and there's only one place that they can go and brainiac five's like the fortress of solitude and she goes no the fortress of sanctuary uh and so they go to this like hidden underground supergirl fortress uh and brainiac five is like where the hell is this like this isn't on any historical records and supergirl's like no like i i kept it secret because i didn't want people to show like have you been in the of solitude people show up all the time (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
2: like for a place called solitude like everyone knows where it is and goes all the time to bug superman so i didn't i never told anybody that this existed and brainiac five's like and it and it stayed for a thousand years and she goes yeah and and so she hits the jukebox or whatever and like you know taylor swift starts up and (laughs) and it was a cool beat uh but it 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 didn't really serve that annual. So we cut that whole scene. Um, and then, and then Mike picked it up and used it in new 52, which isn't, I mean, I'm sure he had plans to do something similar otherwise but I, I thought it was so cool that like we both came to that same conclusion um super cool because it doesn't make sense for her not to have her own like the yeah. fortress of solitude's cool but like if if both she and superman hang out there it's not really about solitude it's it's the fortress of hanging out like. It's, like it's just like
1: the clubhouse fortress it's not it's not what it's supposed to be yeah
2: um and i love that the show did that like i love that, that they went to the fortress of solitude like
1: oh, on, it, on the show how crazy is that it that, was like, awesome Monday we primetime the, show i know with the key and everything it was the it was the key that really made me happy the dwarf star you know yeah. million ton key was that's i can't i can't believe i watched that on my television and well, it wasn't a cartoon
2: and she walks by the legion ring and like mm-hmm. oh, yeah flip down at that. i mean like they're really good with easter eggs on that show too um and that that comes from a, you know, like obviously they, they are making their own show, but I think they also understand that there is a fandom for this stuff. And, and if you put a Legion ring on, suddenly every little girl goes, I don't know what that is. And they Google it. And and suddenly little girls and, are, are reading about the Legion of Superheroes, which it's such a cool gateway.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fantastic.
2: And that Paley Fest thing last night, like there were so many children, uh, which made me really happy to see like parents bringing their kids. And, and Greg Berlanti said, like, the idea was always to make a show that uh, families could watch. And, and anytime you do a superhero project, the idea is to make something that families can watch together and, and have it spark conversation because, and Berlaney said, uh, when I was a kid, that, that was what we did. We would gather around the television and we'd watch a show and then we'd talk about it. And he said, there's not a lot of shows that do that anymore. And people watch stuff on their phones and people watch stuff on tablets or whatever. So our goal is to always make something such a big spectacle that people will want to show up on Monday nights or Tuesday nights or whatever, and watch it as a family and then talk about it. And 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 watching all these little kids like react to to Melissa coming out or or Jimmy uh, uh, McCod coming out like it was so cool and made me really happy and it made me really happy to know that that a new generation of fans will come into the super fandom because of these shows. Um, and and hopefully he will read my comics <laughs> that we're doing now
0: yeah i mean you definitely you definitely uh, you're a very humble man but you deserve a little piece of that pie too you're definitely doing your playing your part in uh in that as well so thank you for all that you've done in, in you know bringing a new generation uh to the super fandom as well because you've been a great fan and a great you know advocate um for uh for these characters that that i love so much i know many many others do so um you know it's great it's great to have a fan uh, who's also a creator
2: well i just i i really believe that the, like everyone always talks about well i've got a great take on xyz i've got a great take on superman i've got a great and it's and while that is awesome so often um they want to deconstruct like can we take apart superman and really get into like what makes him tick by stripping away all the things that make him super like the forces of solitude explodes and and like lois gets murdered and like can we show like how amazing it would be if superman was like ultra dark and like untethered to humanity and all this stuff And, and and i always Raise my hand i'm like or or you could find a great story using the stuff that already exists that people have poured their lives into sure uh and use those elements to explore what it means to be the man of steel like like save that deconstruction story but tell me five great superman stories that exist using the stuff that that makes superman superman and then we'll get to the deconstruction stuff Mm. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. And if if we can in this adventures Supergirl adventure story, like if we can expand on the mythology and and show what makes Supergirl so interesting. And yes, Easter eggs are cool; they're so fun to do. And that, but I, I specifically said, look, Chapter Seven is Easter egg heavy, but it's also about the bigger story. And so I'm going to do a bunch of Easter eggs, but at the same time, we're going to reveal some really big stuff that will affect the rest of the story so that we kind of get your cake and eat it too, but it's not necessarily like, oh, I just wanted to do a, you know, a a dorky Easter egg thing. It, It was about finding a way to service a story with a little bit of salt and pepper easter egg stuff on top of it right and but building up that building up the world and
1: your work again frank said you're very humble and it's absolutely true and your work has a very genuine quality to it um that you don't find in everything um and i think that certainly comes from your love of the character not needing to strip it away but build it up and that's well I I, that's I, essential I mean, comic storytelling
2: i i love these characters like these characters literally save my life after my dad died. Like I I would not be here were it not for superhero books and processing the processing grief through watching these adventures. Like, and that's why these stories and these characters resonate so much with me. And I, I think they're so important because, you know, if I didn't have Mark Wade's flash or Grant Morrison's JLA or any of those books that were late nineties, early two thousands, like I I don't know where I would be right now because I, I was a, I was a teenager dealing with a lot of grief and and those books helped me through that. And those books are non, not deconstructionalist at all. They are about celebrating what makes these characters tick and they do it in a really unique and exciting way. And, and so it, uh, like that was eye-opening. of just, I, I don't need every story to be breaking apart what makes the Batman, Batman. And, and I, th- I actually think Scott Snyder and, and Greg Capullo have done a really great Batman run and they waited to take Batman out of the costume till 40 something issues in. Yep. And a- everything they did was about building up the character and and showing off what makes him great. And then they did a great story to cap that. And then they made Commissioner Gordon Batman. And and I just read Batman 49, spoiler alert, Bruce Wayne's Batman again. Whoop and whoop. it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. so
1: good. It's it so gets, good.
2: It gets you so hyped up to see Batman come back again because you know how cool he is from the previous 40 issues. And you take him away for a year. And now I'm I'm super psyched to see what happens next. Um, and that that to me is. What makes superhero stories powerful it is celebrating what's there without having to always resort to how do we take this character apart and make it appealing to, you know, uh, like, I don't even know, speculators or collectors or whatever. Like, like, that just doesn't interest me. What interests me is how can you take characters that have existed for 75 years, tell a new story with them that illuminates something about our own personal humanity. And Superman and Supergirl are awesome for that. And... and and those are what those types of stories get me so hyped for those characters i I don't need you to take them apart every single time and and i feel like a lot of creators always want to go there because alan moore was successful with it because grant morrison's great at it like like your a-list of a-list creators are great at deconstruction stuff that's great if you want everything to read like that but my imagination isn't sparked by that stuff in the same way as it is superman goes up against mr mixius pitlick he's a multi-dimensional God who can alter reality on a whim. How does Superman, who is yes, Kryptonian, but is human in a lot of respects how does he a deal with that b what does it look like c how does he defeat that villain a- and i want to read that story like if superman wakes up and suddenly everything is upside down and he's like what the f-? only i know that everything is upside down well i'm intrigued mm-hmm. and i want to know what what's going on i want to know how he defeats it like that's not the greatest example but like uh, that stuff intrigues me and that stuff gets me excited and that stuff gets me engaged with with the super universe in a in a different way than how can we take apart Superman and 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 completely upheave it's the man of steel like you've never seen him before. I, I am so intrigued to know what it looks like when he's the man of steel as we've seen him before, but doing new things. <laughs>
0: Love. Um, uh, yeah, I mean those are those are some of my favorite stories too. They they always are, and and you manage you manage to be the the guy who tells those stories. Um, so so thank you, you know, thank you so much for for doing that. That's that's the kind of stuff that I know I like to read. So, um, yeah, listen, you've been more than generous with your time. We are so yeah. every I mean, time we get to talk to you, man, it's 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 an absolute blast. So well, thank you I, I so mean, much. if there's if there's one
2: thing I really like talking about, it's it's uh,
1: super hero comics. <laughs> like it's um, it's an amazing the, coincidence we also love. <laughs>
2: it's just you know i I, i'm i'm not kidding like i I, without without these characters i I don't know what i what what my life would look like and and it, it is i feel it's our responsibility as creators to move move characters into the next generation uh at the same time finding what works with them and celebrating those things and and people often People off creators often do it at the expense of the past. And I always try to honor the past because without that past, these characters wouldn't exist now. And, and just like without my without my past with those characters, I wouldn't exist now. And so it, it, it is important to me to tell really captivating, cool stories and, and expand these worlds while not sacrificing what makes these characters great, which is a very long answer to a very short question.
1: It doesn't matter. That's all good. I just want to throw in two cents before we wrap up that you, um, I, you said you didn't. You wouldn't know where you'd be without these characters, and I'm right there with you. I have made my own career based off of comics. I'm a teacher, and I now, unfortunately, get to teach classes on comic books. Which who ever thought that would happen in the education world? But I teach two two courses on this stuff, and your the work that you do directly influences myself and other creators. But now is influencing kids, and is a gateway for them to not learn just about comics, but to learn life lessons and grammar and literature and all these great things. And on top of that, I, your books directly, I know we have a, a friend from another podcast, the Suicide Squad cast, his name is Scott, and he has given your Supergirl arcs to his, to his, stu- to his own students um, because they're, he can tell how powerfully influential they can be. And he has, I know, used them successfully for his own ends and that's, so you, you're doing great things whether awesome. you know it or not so
2: that, thank you that that's that's really cool to hear and and you know i, I it is always a pleasure to write these characters and and i i uh, you can I, I go back and i read some of that early stuff and i can tell it's me working out a lot of stuff internally um especially especially because a lot of a lot of the work deals with grief um because that is a very powerful, I had a very powerful event happen when I was a very young man and spent a lot of time trying to exercise a lot of the demons there. Um, And, and when, when we started on Supergirl, it was, it was always, I, 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 one of my identification points with her initially was her dad dies And her mom gets very hard, Um, not not like not bad hard, but like her mom hardens. Uh And 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 I had a very similar experience um, when my dad passed. And so that was sort of a starting point for me. And then everything, everything we did with Supergirl came out of that. Like, how how do you deal with being a teenager with all the responsibility of the world suddenly stacked on your shoulders and, and no one there to help guide you except your friends or except your your extended family? Family because your immediate family is so so deep in grief, and so I I wrote those stories with the hope that young people who might be experiencing grief like that, like I did, uh, would would maybe find them and and maybe it would help them process a little more. Um, so it's it's very uh, humbling and gratifying to hear that that people uh, are using that work to talk to kids now because it's we we unfortunately live in a world where the audience for a lot of superhero comics are ages 18 and up. Uh Um, And I work really hard to make sure audiences for my book are ages eight and up to the point where I I had a line in in Adventures five, uh, where Supergirl says, damn. And I was like, no, I'm going to pull that out. Like I, I I would hate for a parent to decide their child can't read this comic because a character says, damn. Um, and so it it, it is important to me that, that people of all ages can come to these books, uh, because Supergirl is for everyone. Like Supergirl is a concept that anyone can can latch on to and as a concept that that anyone, regardless of age or gender, can enjoy. Um, and so I, I wanted this book to be something that anyone, age or gender, can enjoy. And uh, and in order to do that, like you've got to, it, it's a fine mix of action and theme. And so you've got to find the right themes that appeal to a, a broad group. I think we're doing something really interesting with this doxing story that I've never seen before, which is, you know, actually talking about what doxing is. And so, uh-huh. so kids who are getting onto the internet will actually know what that is, hopefully, because doxing can ruin lives, completely destroy lives. And so it, it is. It's a story about the dangers of what you put on the Internet and the dangers of what you find on the Internet and how how powerful a, a tool the Internet can be for good or for evil. Um, like dressed up in a superhero romp where wind Win gets doxed and swatted and gets arrested and blah, 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 blah. Like it's a very serious story dressed up in a very light uh, light superhero tale but it was important to me because i've doxing is really scary especially if you're someone that has secrets like supergirl like doxing like it can ruin the lives of normal human beings if you're a superhero with a secret identity it, it can destroy a lot of lives around you um so I thought it was an important thing to tell. I thought it was an important story to tell. And it's something that I, I, I hope that people recognize, like we're talking about the real world that we're living in right now. Um, and, I, and I saw some guy on Twitter was like, ah, oh, SJW nonsense. They're just like people on the Internet are jerks. What is, why do they have to blame doxers? And it's like because people on the Internet are jerks, man. Like And it's, uh-huh. something, it's something that we need to talk about. And it's a great platform for us to talk about the dangers of the tool that is the Internet um you know hammer
1: can build a house or kill somebody you know that's just sure a car a
2: car can can get you across the country or it can kill you in seconds Mm -hmm. you know tools are double-edged swords to really mix metaphors there um
1: yeah
2: (laughs) and but but it's important it was important to me to tell a story that that maybe my niece can read and suddenly the light clicks on that the internet can be really dangerous and you have to watch watch what you put on the internet Mm -hmm. um because no one does those types of stories anymore uh they're they're sort of few and far between and and i i the superhero genre is a powerful genre that that should allow you to talk about any number of topics uh and hopefully use them as Teaching moments, though not everything has to be a teaching moment. But, nope. um, but I, I always felt it was important to, to to do that in in the work if if I could.
1: Um, well, you're just this gener- generation's Denny O'Neill. That's all. That's all. I can <laughs> that's <God. Yeah. laughs> that's
2: it's, it's, I
1: know. That's a badge <laughs> to wear with pride, man.
2: Denny's <laughs> he, a master, man. Like I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a Padawan learner. Even, well, even you know that,
1: what? So. Like, You know what? Obi Wan was a Padawan learner too, but eventually he stepped out of Qui Gon's way and well no, by not by Qui-Gon's choice mm-hmm. sadly but you know and you know we got Obi-Wan so, so you have to you're, you're, a, you're Attack of the Clones Obi-Wan right now there you'll you. get you'll get so new I, I have a mullet and a terrible beard that beard's not that bad <laughs> it's, the... <laughs> it's not it's not awful <laughs>
2: Well, that's a that's a that's high praise. I I I would never go that far. Like I I
1: I just said, you're a humble guy. You're a humble man. We're here to brag for you. That's what we do. Exactly. That's that's what we do. Braggers for other people. I I
2: I just like I believe in superhero comics, and I I believe that they uh, they help us explore huge ideas, and and um. And I don't see it a lot in stuff that's coming out. Like, I I don't see a lot of people really pushing to explore interesting real world concepts dressed up in in superhero stuff. And maybe it's there and I'm just not seeing it. I'm sure Twitter is going to explode.
1: You should be reading all this stuff. But like, there's definitely stuff out there that does. But like you said before, there are a lot of people who are concerned more with deconstruction, which is fine. But deconstruction is a third act story all the time. And superheroes, I think it was Mike Carlin that says their second second act, like you're always going To be in the second act of a third of, of three parts yeah um, and that's that's the great that's the greatness of superheroes that you can be there perpetually and tell amazing stories with amazing themes and lessons and and a wonderful teaching teachable moments but you don't have to worry about the end in the same way
2: I mean like going back to Carlin like look at death and return of Superman which is on its surface very deconstructionist mm-hmm. but in actuality is a celebration of what makes Superman tick. Mm-hmm you know like like those four supermen that showed up for reign of the superman like each one of them represented a very different take on superman and then superman came back and was better than all of those parts and so I, I always look at deconstruction stuff and i'm like well deconstruction's awesome but like the, the 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 sum is often greater than the parts so if we just start if we continually chip away stuff down to parts more and more and more at some point it turns me off whereas like supergirl adventures like is very much what I like to write, and it's it's very much um, how I like to construct stories about these characters. Like that's it. It is sort of a pure distilled version of what we did in Supergirl back in the day, because you're dealing in these like tiny chunks, like ten page chunks, um, and you try to you got to get a story out in ten pages. So it's been a really interesting exercise in in telling short form, but that add up to a bigger bigger story. So well,
0: we are excited to read the rest of it uh, issue chapter seven and beyond um so yeah we're 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 thrilled um thanks again for coming to talk about it yeah, with us, sorry. I,
2: I, I, I go
1: on and on. It's...
0: and that's why we love you that's it yeah. You're the easiest
1: you're the easiest interview I've ever, I've <laughs> ever done.
0: So listen we love to have you back let's make it less than a year next time
2: Yeah uh, or, or, or just do it every every March we'll have a, a one year this later a Supergirl up. roundtable
1: it's the, No it's the Sterling Gates annual we had uh, the first one and now we have our <laughs> second one. Yeah yeah this,
2: this is the second annual Sterling Gates interview There you go That's um, right
1: it's bigger it's larger than our regular episodes it, it's perfect It was giant Yeah
2: I, I'm just intrigued to see what you guys think of the rest of the story like it 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 goes like it 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 seems so small right now because it's a very intimate like vrial docs has done this but it's about to explode um outwards and be very strange and bizarre and you know chapter six is is a really like kind of freudian weird dream thing and then chapter seven it goes super crazy and then chapter eight and nine is is um a, a cool cara and alex team up story and then chapter 10's allura and then 11 through 13 is end game and it's giant uh it, it so it, it things ramp up week to week to week uh into this big story um and then we'll see we'll see what
0: happens next so it sounds. can't get here soon enough for us man
1: no kidding sounds perfect all right
0: well thanks right. for having me guys really all appreciate right. it. hey really much, appreciate sir. it
1: talk to you soon thanks
0: Thanks once again to Sterling Gates for coming on the show. Uh, we really, I mean, we couldn't thank the guy enough. He he is a great, great uh, interview, great guy to talk to. And I, I love that we just, you know, then this is now the second conversation, pretty lengthy conversation mm-hmm. we've had with him. And it just feels like, you know, three of us sitting around a table and just talking about comic books, yeah, you know, especially towards the end there.
1: Yeah, particularly. And that, all, I, it's it's not, I want to say that was my favorite part. um, But I, I like, I like analyzation. And I I like breaking I like breaking things down beyond their you know beyond the face value of things and so yeah um, it was just a great it was a great conversation but he clearly is somebody that loves what he does yeah and he's really
0: passionate he's really really passionate about the medium and about the characters mm-hmm.
1: um Und- and understanding the case this mm. is not a this is not a, a guy who's coming in and going yeah 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 supergirl is superman's cousin blah 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 i got it like no he is dead set about making her just as valuable if not more valuable than the man of steel exactly and so it's it's very heartening to hear and i mean you heard us talk to him certainly we don't hold our feelings back you know um except with each other Right, so much resentment over here. Oh my God! Just get your butter knife out of my way, please. I'm trying to yeah. play checkers over here. I don't know what I did. That That's means. the most <laughs> random.
0: That that was really, really. Can re- you
1: can you play checkers when a butter knife's in your way? I
0: don't think so. Just saying. Then you're not trying hard enough. That's probably true. Well, now that we have ruined the magic of that interview, <laughs> with... I I do want to say another thank you to to our other sponsor, who who again these guys really um, help it help us make it possible to, to have these interviews um, and to have all these episodes. Um, but in stock com and DCB service.com um, always supporting us. And uh, this week is no exception. They are the best place on the internet to get your comics uh, and your, and your trades and all your collected editions shipped to your door. Um, you can, you can read paper comics, you know, in the palm of your hand, Uh, every week and never have to leave your home if you don't want to get them shipped right straight to your home um, from DCB service or get your your collected editions your hardcovers your trades all that stuff from InStockTrades.com. you can get 42% off and and frankly usually more Um, they're they're pretty modest about it but they they do often uh, offer some really great discounts uh, and way upwards of that Um, often having lots of things on sale it's a really really great place you know even if even if you do uh, prefer to to Shop elsewhere. This is a great place to get stuff on sale and get really, really great deals on stuff you might not other- otherwise try. You know, just try something out. Um, Sterling Gates and and Greg Recca worked on uh, worked on a really great <clears throat> story a few years back called uh, New-, New Krypton. And part of that New Krypton um, storyline was this trade that's now called Supergirl, Friends and Fugitives. And we're looking at a story where Super- Supergirl and Flamebird Bird work together to track down Reactron um, and some some. Crazy things kind of happen along the way, in their in their friendship. And well, leave those crazy things out of here. I don't want to be
1: spoiled.
0: All right, well, I'll Even leave them. out. I've read it before. <laughs> <It's> me too. <laughs> I will leave them out. But this is a, this is a, some of the best parts of that of that story, um, and it's some of the great greatest work, you know, by, by Sterling and Jamal Eigel.
1: Is Nightwing in that story too?
0: I do believe so. I think yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think yeah, I think Nightwing and Nightwing, Nightwing are.
1: not the Dick Grayson Batman no, variety, but the, the Kryptonian, the Kryptonian hero, where Nightwing. The Batman variety derives his name that's from. That's right. Yes. It's a little known fact. He was Knight, inspired. Dick Grayson gets his, his new name after Robin from Superman.
0: That's right. Yep. He was inspired by the Kryptonian, hearing about the Kryptonian heroes mm-hmm. from Superman. He's like, wow, I'm going to call myself that one day when I leave dad. Yep. And that's what he did. Son, come back. No. Alfred made Tea. <laughs> you like tea, right? I like flame birds uh, and Nightwings more. Fine, you, you go what? out and do what you want to
1: but i don't have to save you.
0: <laughs> I don't have to save you. Well, you can save 42%. <laughs> wow. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, but really, the book is normally 17.99 but it's only $10, 43, 10 dollars 10 And 43 cents uh, for a really solid supergirl story by Sterling Gates by our buddy. So check it out in stocktrades.com and and if you do prefer digital comics, that's not a problem. DCB service, you go there on um, dcbservice.com. And uh, go through their portal, you'll save five percent on any future DCB service uh, purchases. So win-win-win Win for everybody. Thank you uh, to InStockTrades.com and DCB Service at DiscountComicBookService.com for sponsoring Supergirl TV Talk this very special issue. So this we have podcasted. We have cast a lot of pods this week, my friends. We have. We've cast many pods across many the, pods across the oceans. Yes, across and the thirteen known galaxies. Yes. Are they? Are they thirteen? In super in Superman continuity, there is. Oh, mm. nice. Pull. Uh, yeah.
1: All right. Well, I'm gonna go visit twelve of the other ones. All right. Because this one seems kind of boring. Nah, I'm yeah, I'm kind yeah. It's probably not. But it, it. Yeah. It's fine. But I'm gonna go do adventures and crazy things out in space. So until next time. Up, up and away.